Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Radio Days. This is your host, John Hagedorn. Here we feature mostly cop and detective shows, plus adventure, plus surprise. You never know, but it's the best from the golden age of radio. We'll guarantee that. For those of you who want non-stop crime buster and detective shows, you can now add 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to your podcast library. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. Brand new for 2023 and growing fast. Enjoy. Call all hands. Speak to quarters. Run out the gun. Stand by this tavern battery. One broadside into it, if you please, Captain Bush. Pointers on target. Lynn stops ready. Aye, aye, sir. Ready. Michael Redgrave as C.S. Forrester's Indomitable Man of the Sea. It is fascinating to look back down the years and perceive upon what slight hazards one's whole fate depends. The spin of a guinea was to have far-reaching consequences for me. There was no sign of the flagship Pluto at the rendezvous, but it was not long before the Caligula bore up from windward, and Captain Bolton signaled his invitation for me to dine with him. Despite the almost tropical heat, he gave me a pea soup, red mullet, a saddle of mutton, and Stilton cheese. We sipped syrupy port and sweltered in his after-cabin. Oh, well, Hornblower. Now, I suppose we must wait in idleness for the arrival of Sir Macho Pomposo, our rear admiral of the Red. Uh, <clears throat> I must say, sir, I've never thought of Sir Percy Layton in that light. Well, I have. He's a pompous fool. He got worse since he married Lady Barbara Wellesley. I don't respect an admiral who's no seaman. Oh, there's no telling how long he might be before he gets here. What do you suggest we do? Well, perhaps one of us might push northward and harry the coast while the other waits for the flagship. Yes, good suggestion, that. Um, who? You or me? There's nothing I'd like better, sir, but the decision must be yours. You're the senior officer of the station. Uh, yes, well, uh, I'd let you go for old time's sake if uh, <laughs> I didn't want to go myself. <laughs> uh, tell you what, Honbra, I'll be fair. I'll toss you for it. Uh, here's, a, here's a guinea. King or spade? Spade. Uh, then up she goes. Uh, spade it is. Oh, you're a lucky devil, Hornblower. Still, I'm glad you won. You can speak Spanish. That may be an advantage. Now, don't be gone more than three days in case his mightiness turns up. Yes, and uh, good luck. Thank you, sir. Had I foreseen what the flick of that coin was to lead to, I might have been less pleased and excited as I stood on my quarterdeck half an hour after dawn the following morning. But disaster was far in the future. The wind was fair and Cape Creux, just south of the Spanish-French border, was clear on the larboard beam. Sail Nearly right ahead! A brig, sir! Standing out from the land on the starboard tack! Ah, this is what I hoped for, Mr. Bush. Yes, sir. I suppose the only way Bonaparte can get supplies to his army in Spain is by slipping them along the coast in brigs under the protection of shore batteries. Yes, Spanish roads and Spanish armies afford too many obstacles to the land route. Mr. Gerard, hoist the colors. Aye, sir. And call all hands. 
Head to cut her off. Aye, sir. What's the matter with her, sir? She's making no attempt to escape. She must have seen us. Very strange. Can she be an English brig? Here, Savage, take your glass and tell me what you can see from the main rigging. There's one thing, Mr. Bush. This is our best point of sailing. We should have the heels of her. Well, she's tense right enough, sir. She's wearing her colors. Oh, she's signaling now, sir. Oh, it's a bit hard to read. I've got it, sir. It's the signal M.V. M.V.? What the devil's that? Is it in the signal book, Vincent? No, sir. I, I've been looking for it. It's not in our code. We'll know soon enough, sir. We're overhauling her. Uh, no. She's wearing round again. She's trying to get away now. Ah, it's no good, Monsieur. You'll be ours presently. A handsome bit of prize money for us there. Yes, I can see now what's happened. She saw our red ensign and took it for the red of the tricolor. Remember, ours was a Dutch ship before she was taken and refitted. Our round bows are very like a French ship. That envy must be the private French recognition signal. That's uh, worth remembering, envy. She's trying to cross the window, sir. Well, fire a shot across her bows. Number two gun. A single shot across her bows. Fire! That's done it. She's heaving to. The flag's coming down. She surrenders. Silence, there. Silence. Mr. Bush, take a boat and board her. Mr. Clark, your prize master, take six hands with you and navigate her to Port Mahon. Aye, aye, sir. I speculated on the consternation which the French would experience when they knew that their sea routes were threatened by a British squadron and that their lines of communication were in danger. I turned over in my mind to a new idea which the brig's failure to recognize our nationality had given me. I doubt if anyone on land saw us capture the Amelie, sir. We can still take them by surprise along the coast. That fact did not escape my notice, Mr. Bush. Now, kindly pay attention. The blue masses on the horizon there are the peaks of the Pyrenees. The road from France to Spain runs along the coast between those mountains and the sea. And Potter's made the French ensign have it hoisted instead of our own. We shall sail down the coast where we can be seen from the road. Send the hands to breakfast. Aye, aye, sir. Yes, sir! An ambulance small craft, sir! An anchor round yonder point! Small craft. Yes, I can see them from here now, sir. And look, sir, isn't that a tricolor flying from a flagstaff at the point there? It is, Mr. Bush. That's what I've been looking for. That is a French battery on top of the cliff. Hmm. Forty-two pounders, probably, with a good range. Furnaces, I expect, the heating was shot to set ships on fire. We can never fight that battery on equal terms. That seems to be a little coasting fleet huddled in the shelter of the guns. Captain Morris? Aye, sir. Tell your men to lie down, if you please. I don't want the red coats of the Marines to give us away. Aye, We're sir. getting close in now, sir. You can see the parapets around the battery. Hope to heaven they don't open fire now. They're well within range. Every yard nearer means more danger than getting out if they discover us. And to lose a mast, I mean to lose the ship. Mr. Vincent, hoist the signal MV. Aye, aye, sir. Let's uh, hope it means the right thing. Doesn't seem to mean the wrong thing anyway, sir. They haven't opened fire. They are signaling in reply, sir. I can't read it. One of them's a swallowtail that we don't use. Well, the very fact that they're replying shows they can't be sure we're enemies. 
they don't fire soon, we'll be too close under their guns for them to reach us. Now, Mr. Bush, do you see that battery on the cliff? Aye, aye, sir. Well, you'll take the longboat. Mr. Rayner will take the launch. You will land and storm the battery. By the marquee, water, let's say. At a bare quarter of a mile off. You can go now, Mr. Bush. Back the main topsail. Aye, sir. Throw the guns down the cliff, Mr. Bush. Wreck the battery if you can. But don't stay a moment longer than necessary. Aye, aye, sir. We're off now. Emily. Mr. Gerard, put the ship about. Aye, down sir. with that French flag and send up our own. Aye, sir. Aha. They've opened fire at last. They hit us too, sir. Somewhere forward, I think. Thank heaven they're firing at us. If they hit those boats, we'll be in a pretty fix. Mr. Gerard, see if your guns can reach the battery and be sure they aim carefully. It's no good unless the embrasures can be swept. Starboard guns! Fire as your guns, Brad! Steady aim! Now! Lift them! Lift them! I can see the dust from the cliff! You're 30 feet too low! We can only get a few shots through the embrasure, sir. It'll upset their gunners. Do it quickly, man. They're firing at our boats now. The logs. They've hit the logs. No. No, there she is again. She was nearly swamped, but not hit. They're rowing crab fashion. The shot must have smashed her port oars. They're safe now, sir. They're in the surf. Mm. Look, sir. They're landing. Guns are doing better, too, now. That was a hit. And another. Right on the embrasures. Very good, Mr. Gerard, but you must cease fire now whilst our men are mounting that cliff. Cease fire! The flags! The flag! It's coming down! The storming party are holding it down! They've taken the battery! Uh, <clears throat> Mr. Gerard, put the ship about. Aye, sir. Send in the quarterboat to take possession of the craft in the bay. Aye, sir. Quarterboat away! There's seven craft there, sir. A fine haul. Ah, there go their crew, pulling for the shore in their dinghies. Shall I chase or fire on it? No, let them go. I have no wish to be burdened with prisoners or to damage our prizes. Mr. Bush's party is toppling the guns over, sir. Look at that one. Down the cliff like an avalanche. They've blown the magazine, sir. That's the end of the battery at Lanza. And there's Mr. Bush, sir. I can see him waving his sword. Uh, carry on, Mr. Gerard. <clears throat> I shall go below. advantages. Forty-two pounders and permanent mounts, fifty feet above the water, long-service soldiers to man him. Yeah, I've seen him shoot worse all the same. It's a mile and a half. It's a yard. Well, more than that. I'd say it's barely a mile. Nonsense, why? Good morning, sir. Your attention, please, gentlemen. I shall also want Mr. Rayner and Mr. Hooker. Pass the word for them. Now, will you all use your telescopes and study this place with care? That is Mount Canigou in the background. Where that spur of the Pyrenees runs down to the sea is Cape Chabera. That is where Spain ends and France begins. I suppose those white houses in the center, around the head of the bay, are portents. 
Flown, Bristol? Yes, Mr. Bush. You may seem annoyed that a ship should flaunt British colours so close. I trust they'll have greater cause for annoyance so long. Now, gentlemen, take a look at that ship at anchor there. She's under the protection of the batteries at either side of the bay. You can see the batteries by the smoke, sir. Right, sir. One to the left, one to the right. Yes, mark them well. I want no mistake made. You, Mr. Gerard, note the battery on the left. Right, sir. Mr. Rayner, note the one on the right. Mr. Hooker, you see how the bay curves? You must be able to take a boat straight up to that anchored ship tonight. All right, sir. All right, sir. Put the ship on the port tack, Mr. Bush. We must stand out to sea now. The moon rises at one o'clock. I shall take good care to be back in our present position at midnight. Aye, aye, sir. The garrison there will think we're leaving. We'll give them a shock later on. Mm, hope so. I want this to be a climax to the 24 hours in which we've taken the brig Amelie and destroyed the Lancer battery, gentlemen. That ship sheltering in Port Montvez is to be cut out and taken tonight. An hour of darkness should suffice to effect a surprise. If we're successful, the rising moon will give enough light to bring out the captured ship. If we're unsuccessful, we should be able to see to rally and escape. Mr. Bush, you will remain in charge of this ship. Uh, sir, please. No, Mr. Bush, you may not join the attack. I shall lead it myself. It was very dark, but the stars were glowing clearly, and the Sutherland was stealing landwards like a ghost. The crew was resting on the gangways on the main deck. When the subdued voices of their officers called them, they mustered silently, each division assembling for its particular duty. I checked the position of the ship with Bush and strained my eyes through my night glass for a glimpse of the shore. Longboat crew here. Launch crew here, sir. You can heave to now, Mr. Bush. I trust this expedition will be a success for your sake. For my sake, sir? Yes, I'm taking 250 men. If we do not return, you will have barely sufficient crew to navigate the ship to the rendezvous. Oh, you'll return, sir, and with the French ship. All the same, I wish you'd let me go in your place. Your duty is here, Bush. See to it. Mm. Are the boats overside? Aye, aye, sir. Here's your barge. Goodbye, sir. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Move aside, Brown. I shall sit in the stern. Are the oars muffled? Yes, sir. Keep way there. Two cutters behind us, Brian. Right is down, sir. Uh, listen, sir. What's that? Uh, as I expected, the French are rowing a guard round their precious ship. Ready at the oars, there? All ready, sir. Now remember, men, cold steel. If any man fires before I do, I'll shoot him with my own hand. Give way. We're in the harbor now. Time the longboat and launch began their attack. Ah. Aha. And they're making enough row about it, sir. By my orders. I want the gunners distracted at the vital moment. There's the guard boat. On to it, men. I believe they've seen us, sir. Chivala! Straight into her, men. Ship oars. Follow me, men. No prisoners. Throw them overboard. Wait, look at Brian. That fellow on the bottom of the boat. Stand clear. Oh, thanks, sir. He'll end up and right on his face. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the lot, so we took them by surprise. They're all dead or unconscious or outside. Uh, warm work uh, while it lasted. Yes, sir. Right back into the barge, everyone. Uh, your neck, sir. It's covered with blood. Uh, just let There's me... no time to waste. There's nothing. Go on. Give way. Ah, that'll be the cutters. They've reached the anchored ship. Pull, men. They'll need our help. 
They don't seem to have carried the ship at their first rush, sir. Those musket flashes are steady along her bullocks. That means the crew are defending her. Yes, there must have been a wake and a rigged netting to repulse any surprise attack. Yes. Now, quietly now, we'll creep round to a disengaged side. Right, one strong pull. Ship oars. Now take hold there. Now, all up the side together and give a cheer. I want them to think we're a big boarding party. Ready? Now. Mr. Longley, you stay with me. Up with you now. All right, sir. The netting is rigged, sir. It spreads outwards, too. Blast us, stuff. It's like being a fly in a web. Oh, cut it with your dirk, boy. Don't just hang there. Yes. Can you... Can you reach that bit with your sword, sir? That bit there. It may part enough for us to get through. So hold tight. Uh, hold on. The whole lot's coming away. We'll be in the sea in a minute. I'm through, sir. Give me your hands up. Uh, well done, lad. Now. Yes, I'm perfectly safe. <laughs> Stand your ground. Here comes another rush. Get on, sir. The ship's taken. Splendid. Mr. Gutsdorf. Sir. Cut the cable. Is Mr. Hooker there? Now get aloft with your boat's crew. Set sail. Aye, right, sir. Up with you, my lads. Lively now. Take all cuts up. We're all right now, sir. Uh, save yourself. Congratulations. There's still time for boats to come from shore with reinforcements. But if Rayner and Gerard have failed to take the guns, we'll... Have a gauntlet to run. Run! Here, sir! Yes, Send up that rocket to let the landing parties know that the ship is taken. Aye, aye, sir. Loose the main topsail. Barge's crew, first cutter's crew, man the braces. Aye, sir! Benson, aye, sir. and you, Ledley, take the wheel. Hard to starboard. Hard to starboard, it is, sir. Calls well, sir. This breeze off the land will take us out. Aye. Here comes the moon to light us, sir. Uh, what of the French crew, Mr. Hooker? Killed, wounded, or captured, sir. Some jumped over to swim ashore. I wish them joy. They're still fighting on land, sir. Yeah. Oh, that would be Gerard and Rayner calling the men off. Hmm. Very successful operation. How's your boat's crew fared? Well, I haven't checked yet, sir, but I think the casualties are light. It was a surprise and we swamped them. It's my opinion that... Oh, what in blazes is that? Excuse me, sir. Uh, there's half a dozen frogs. I, I'm in trenches, sir, with an officer hiding in the forecastle. Oh, who's that? I'll soon winkle them out. Oh, wait. Wait, Hooker. Follow me. Monsieur, your ship is captured and is in my hands. It's useless to resist. I call on you to surrender. We can't. If we do not surrender, get A pity. But if they chose to die, I couldn't prevent them. And have the barge crew ready to row me to the Sutherland. We shall raise her presently. Aye, aye, sir. I'm delighted to see you back, sir. Thank and you. with a very handsome prize. Aye. But, sir, you're wounded. Your neck, your hand. Oh, don't fuss, Mr. Bush. I'd like some coffee and... Um... Grog for all hands. Immediately, sir. Was it a good scrap, sir? What? Uh, oh. Oh, mere bickering, Mr. Bush.
show Hornblower, starring Michael Redgrave, is based on the novels by C.S. Forrester. Music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers. Call all hands. Beat to quarters. One broadside into her, if you please, Captain Bush. Pointers on target. Lynch stops ready. Aye, aye, sir. Ready. Fire! Presenting Michael Redgrave as C.S. Forrester's indomitable man of the sea, Horatio Hornblower. so many years, I can still look back on that period of my life with pride and satisfaction. I had been given three days in which to do as much damage as possible before rendezvousing with the flagship and the Caligula, and in 24 hours I had captured a French brig laden with military supplies, destroyed the heavy batteries at Lancer, and taken seven small craft, and cut out and taken a French ship under the guns of the Port Andres batteries. The coast was in confusion. And I was at least a thousand pounds the richer in prize money. But I hope to do much more yet in the remaining time. The question was, how? Uh, you, you, you sent for me, sir? Ah, Brown. Can you swim, Brown? Swim? Why, yes, sir. Good, well, I want a crew for the barge. Everyone a good swimmer and every man a volunteer. Uh, aye, sir. Let all volunteer. Now, Marky Brown, this is for dangerous service. I want true volunteers. Now, have your press game. Right? <laughs> oh, aye, sir. Yeah. Are you going, sir? Yes. Uh, it'd be hard to pick them, sir. <laughs> they all want to go. Well, I'll leave it to you. Yes, you a cutlass to each man and uh, a packet of combustibles. Uh, aye, sir. Come, come, come. Come what, sir? Combustibles, flint and steel. A couple of port fires, oily rags and a bit of slow match. All in an oilskin packet. Uh, and a lanyard to carry them if we swim. Yes, get your crew ready immediately. Uh, aye, sir. Right away, sir. You have a plan in mind, sir? Yes, Mr. Bush. I'm going ashore to burn that coaster over there. Over oh, there? Couldn't I take the crew, sir? I'll not allow volunteers to go on a mission if I can't lead them. But if I call for volunteers... You're wasting time, Mr. Bush. I can't accept your offer. I shall take my barge. The long boat and launch draw too much water. And mark this, Mr. Bush, no rescue parties. If we're lost, we're lost. I'll not have you wasting valuable lives in rescue attempts. Uh, shall I give you that in writing? No need, sir. I understand, but... Uh, right. Uh, well, heave the ship to. Stand off and on and wait for us. The barge pulled eight oars, and I sat beside Brown while we danced lightly over the blue Mediterranean. I set a course to reach the shore a little ahead of the brown sail, which was just showing over the strip of coast. We crossed the line of sluggish breakers and darted in towards the golden beach. A moment later, the boat balked, slid over sand, moved a few yards more, and then grounded. Over with you, men. I'll run the boat up the beach. Uh, 
You got everything? Cutlasses, fire packets. Right, steadily up the beach. Don't use too much energy. We may have a long swim. Make for that low bank of shingle at the head of the beach. It's a vineyard on the other side. Look, there's the sail, not a quarter of a mile away beyond the vineyard. It's only an old man, sir, and two women. They're owing or something. Yes, well, ignore them. Go on, man. coaster was 150 yards away, and my sword, dangling from my naked waist, hampered me, and already seemed heavy as lead. The men, however, surged strongly ahead, and by the time we neared the coaster, I was a bad last. The men scrambled up into the low waist of the vessel, and then waited to help me aboard. It must have looked a strange sight, naked but armed, yet in the tenseness of the moment, our nakedness was forgotten. I walked aft towards the little group of men and women, trying to recollect my few words of French. Hobson, there's a dinghy overside. Draw it in, and I'll order them into it. Uh, au bateau, uh, entrez dans le bateau. Silence! Écoutez-vous! Entrez-vous dans le bateau, s'il vous plaît. Here, I'll do it, sir. Here, you, open up boat rows and knock your pedestrian head off, see? <laughs> yes, I thought he'd understand that. <laughs> yes, thank you, Brian. Into the boat with all of them and cast it adrift. <laughs> well, that's them settled, sir. Look, they're making for the two-part. Yes, well, never mind them. Set the ship on fire. Take three men below and see what you can do there. Hobson, you and the others get some of those deck planks up. Oh, right? yes, <laughs> Cargo is all in barrels and grain in sacks, sir. Oil and grain, We're huh? stoving some barrels and rip the sacks. He's burning like powder, sir. Stand by to abandon ship. All present? Right, over you go. We can go back now. Hey! Look at that old woman from the coaster. She slung all our clothes in the lagoon. Not a stitch left. Look, I'll dive in and get your shirt, sir. No, no, there's no time. We must leave our clothes. A few clothes for a ship and a valuable cargo is a good exchange. Would you like the old man's trousers, sir? <laughs> I'll strip them off and be damned to him. No. <laughs> Come along. Back to the vineyard. Fall in behind me, men. Uh, why? Yes, it's no good grumbling. We did the job naked and we'll go back naked. Uh, up into the vineyard with you now. There's a horseman riding across the vineyard towards us, sir. He's got a blue uniform and a cocked hat. What? Give me a hand. Let me see. It's one of Bonaparte's gendarmes. Down and at him, man. <laughs> well, I'm dead. He's galloping away, sir. Yes, never mind him, man. Back to the beach. What the devil? They're as naked as the day they were born. Well, surely the captain isn't coming aboard and taking the salute like that. Mr. Jarrett, when the captain comes aboard, he'll be received as the captain, dressed or undressed. Tell the side boys and the marines that if I see one of them with the suspicion of a smile in his face, I'll have him flogged. Aye, aye, sir. For the purposes of receiving him aboard, Captain Hornblower is in full dress, Mr. Jarrett. Um, yes, Mr. Bush, of course. Uh, I uh, can see that now. <coughs> uh, 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 
successful venture, I hope so. Uh, yes, so very successful, thank you, Bush. Uh, nothing untoward occurred, I hope so. Nothing whatever, Mr. Bush. Please put the ship about. stifling hot already. The easterly breeze seemed not to have cooled at all by its passage of nearly 400 miles across the Mediterranean from Italy. The land slipping by along the larboard beam seemed devoid of all life. Yet along the base of those lofty grey-green hills ran the most important high road in Catalonia, the road connecting Barcelona with France. And as I talked again with Spanish officers who'd come out to my ship at dawn in a fishing boat, I felt that this new day promised to be as productive as the previous two. You're certain, Colonel Villena, that this army of General Pinos will march along this very road? They must, Captain. Ten thousand of them. Pinos and Lecky's division of the Italian army. Uh-huh. It was at Tordera that I lost my own regiment. Yes. Their army cut us to pieces, and I only escaped myself by riding until my horse dropped under me. But there is more than the loss of my regiment to avenge, sir. The Italians have burned every village in the uplands. Every road is lined with gallows. And upon every gallows is a Spanish corpse. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Well, sir, we must see what we can do. Mr. Bush, clear for action, if you please. I'll have the guns loaded and run out, too. Aye, aye, sir. Captain, train your glass there. Where? Is ah. not that a speck far up on the hill, a horseman? I believe it is, and riding towards us. There's a sort of moving smudge behind him. Expected to be the advance guard of the army. You can see an occasional sparkle and flash as the sun catches their equipment. I can edge in quite closely here, if necessary. Yeah, you can see them quite plainly now. They are cavalry riding with drawn sabers. They fear an ambush, but I do not know where an opposition is likely to come from. We must see if we can provide some, Colonel. What's that long line of white dots beyond the cavalry? Huh? Looks like a long caterpillar with white legs all moving together. It is in a way, Captain. Huh? It is the white breeches of a column of infantry. Ah. Why, look, sir. They're waving their hats to us. Very friendly, the whole thing. And they don't seem a bit worried. I doubt if they've ever encountered a ship before or been cannonaded from the sea. Their officers are used to opposing armies, but they've no experience of a ship's broadside. They'll probably regard us as a welcome break in a monotonous march. Mr. General... Train the guns on the road and only fire when I give you the signal. Ah, sir. Fire as you will, Mr. Gerard. And again. And again. Give it to him, lads. Water, Miss Nye. Deeper water, sir. We can move further in. Ah. They don't like it. Don't like it. The next colour's boating. Starboard a point there. Mr. Gerard. Mr. Gerard, load with grape shot. Aye, aye, sir. See, they have jammed. The columns coming up are preventing the others from getting away. Yes. They are struggling with each other. Yes, it's sheer murder, but I fear it must be done. That'll show them. That'll teach them. Boy, the deep cellars. Stand by to go about. Ceasefire. 
We must run out past that headland and come back again, Mr. Bush. They've done considerable damage, I think. Yes, sir. Just look at the road. It's littered with them. And the hillside's covered with men trying to get away. Their officers will never round them up. Ah, there's a battery of artillery at the end of the next column, sir. Yes, nine-pounder field pieces. Doing hmm. his stuff against our broadside. But by heaven, they're going to try. Look at this officer galloping down the line. He's ordering the guns into action. Yeah, where ship, Mr. Bush? We'll stand in and give them a sporting target. Aye, aye, sir. Nine. Pounders. Reserve your fire for the battery, Mr. Jarrod. Head in. Now. Damn the smoke. It's blowing right back into our eyes. Can't see a thing. Magnificent. Half the guns are smashed. The crews are killed and scattered. Not all. That officer's a gallant man. He's trying to get one gun working. He's... Uh, it's too late. Our speed is taking us out of range. Here's a second division of infantry, sir. Look at them, scattering up the hillside even before we get to them. Yes, don't fire at them, Mr. Gerard. Oh, it's as damaging to an army to be scattered and demoralized as to be killed. Though I doubt if our men will understand that. <clears throat> ah, do you see that group of horsemen above the road there? Gold trappings and plumes? The staff of the army, I'll swear. Mr. Gerard, we'll give a little attention to that group up there, if you please. Aye, right, sir. Did the fool think they're out of range or don't they care? Ah, not a man left in the saddle. Wonderful, sir, wonderful. I hope General Pino himself was amongst them. I hope he was killed. No, no, I hope he was crippled. Hurt, terribly hurt. I hope... Spare us your bloodthirsty comments, Colonel. I have no love for this sort of warfare and take no delight in causing suffering. I do it because I must. I prefer an action where there's danger on both sides. My word, look at this, sir. We're not as safe as all that. It's a musket ball embedded in the rail to half its depth. Their fire is reaching us. Uh, You see, Colonel... The Colonel seems to have more urgent business on the other side of the quarterdeck. Frankly, Mr. Bush, I shall be glad when we reach the rear of the column. This slaughter seconds me. Ah, but we're killing the enemy, sir. That's all I care about. Hello, what's this, sir? Baggage trains? Yes. Those carts with four horses to them must be ammunition caissons. Mr. Gerard, they'll have target practice, single guns only. Let them fire broadsides and they'll miss on purpose. Fire rotation! Number one gun! Fire! Sutherland drifted slowly along the shore. Her guns spoke out one by one, hurling a hatful of grape shot onto the road. It was with sorrow almost amounting to anguish that I watched horses and mules go down before that deadly fire. But I maintained a cold, impassive face throughout. A few of the mules managed to leap the bank out of the road and scramble up the hillside, scattering their loads as they went. And then, as we passed the last of the ammunition train and came to a new line of carts, I observed a man standing up in one of the carts and frantically waving a white handkerchief. Looks as though they want to surrender, sir. Ridiculous. He must know that no surrender could be put into effect. He must take his chance. What's he doing now? He seems to be trying to pick something up from the floor of the guard. He's tried to lift it. Oh, good heavens, I see now. Cease fire! Cease fire at once! It's a man he's holding up. A bandaged man. Those are the army ambulance vehicles full of sick and wounded from yesterday's battle with Vilena's regiment. 
That officer must be a surgeon. Yes, put the ship about, Mr. Bush. We will retrace our course and harass the main body again. Aye, aye, sir. Stand by to go about. Aye, sir. Hands to places. Won't be so easy on this deck, sir. We'll have to sail close hauled, and if we make three knots, we'll be doing well. We shall do the best we can, then. Deck there. Field guns training us from the road, sir. They've got three guns into position, sir. Very well. We'll see what we can do. Mr. Gerard, carry on with your target practice. Aye, aye, sir. In a way, Mr. Bush, this is a good thing. Our crew is raw, and there's a vast difference between shooting undisturbed and shooting under return fire. We'll see how they behave. Those fellows are good gunners. That one was close. That was closer, sir. Look at that hole in our topsail. I should think... Some casualties, I think. Yes, use your bow chaser guns on the battery. It may unsteady their gun layers. There's plenty of targets, even if they can't reach the field guns, sir. Look at those soldiers scattering all over the hillside, sir. Yes, their officers are going to have a difficult time reassembling them, and many will desert. I understand that these Italian divisions desert readily. They have no love for Bonaparte's cause. More hits. Main top gallant backstays parted, sir. Send some topmen up and splice that stay. But we'll be in close range presently, sir. What the devil's that? Yeah, one of the ship's boys has been hit from the sound of it. Mr. Gerard, I'm going to put the helm down now. Be ready to fire as the guns bear. Ah, sir. Brown, she comes. Why? Their gunners are running, sir. They're not going to wait for it. Had too much last time, I expect. Let them have it, lad. Clearing. Yes. Oh, well in, Mr. Gerard. There's not a gun left on the road. Your men behaved like veterans. Fire the marks, Oh, the water is shoaling rapidly. We must stand out to sea again, Mr. Bush. I think we've done all we can here. Yeah? By the time we get in again, the remains of the army will have withdrawn. Aye, aye, sir. Starboard your helm. Hands to blazes. You may secure your guns, Mr. Gerard. Aye, sir. Cease fire. Secure the guns. Mr. Bush. Mr. Bush, kindly refrain from grinning like a fool. Mr. Longley, British officer does not caper on the deck like a schoolboy. Mm-hmm. Captain Ormond, sir. Sir? Yes. Oh, yeah, uh, the gunroom steward. You may find that our casualties are nothing to cheer about. Yes? Begging your pardon, sir, but Tom Cribb's been killed. Tom Cribb? I remember no man of that name. Mr. Bush, surely the heavyweight boxing champion of England is named Tom Cribb, isn't he? I believe he is, sir. That ain't all, sir. There's Mrs. Siddons. What? She's got a splinter in her... Well, sir, to tell the truth, she's got a splinter where she won't be able to sit down, sir. Squeal something horrible when I pulled it out, she did, sir. Mrs. Siddons, are you mad, man, or am I? Uh, Tom Cribb and Mrs. Siddons, uh, two of the pigs belonging to the gun room, miss. Pigs? What, are they our only casualties? Ah, uh, Mr. Walsh, have you any casualties? Not among the men, sir, but I'm afraid that... Tom Cribb and Mrs. Siddons. Thank you, Mr. Walsh. I already have a report on the condition of Cribb and Siddons. Um, Mr. Bush, you may issue grog to all hands. Splice the main place!
Horatio Hornblower, starring Michael Redgrave, is based on the novels by C.S. Forrester. Music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers. Thanks for joining us for 1001 Radio Days, your home for Golden Age Radio, when radio was king. If you enjoyed tonight's show, please do take a moment and send us a review. We always appreciate reviews, and they help new listeners find us. Until next time, this is your host, John Hagedorn. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon at 1001 Radio Days. And one note, don't forget to pick up 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we'll be back soon.